Hello there. Happy Thursday, right? I'm recording this right around dinner time on Thursday. For those that watch on YouTube, as you all can see, I am back in my own home down in Richmond, Virginia. I have just been gone for, I think, six days at this point. I, I went up to Northern Virginia on Friday, flew out to Florida on Saturday, came back to Florida on Tuesday, came back from Florida on Tuesday, stayed in Nova for two nights, and now I'm officially back in my house. Um, you know, I tried to get an episode up yesterday, right before I went to the Motley Crue Def Leppard poison concert um but i guess megaphone was not agreeing with me for some reason um that's just r- ridiculous and um again I-, I apologize for being a little more mia than normal um i, I usually um I-, I always have five episodes a week the fact that this week's probably only going to have three I'll- maybe i'll have a bonus on saturday um definitely displeases me um so i apologize for that um, I've also just been going through some personal stuff the last few days. Um, I don't like, obviously I'm not going to talk about that on this podcast, but that's also been, you know, affecting my, <clears throat> my mental health a little bit. So um, that's just, that's that on that. But, you know, I, I have, my job here is obviously to talk Penguins hockey with you all. And we are going to do that for today's show. Mike Matheson season review, a potential UFA target that a listener asked me about. We're going to go into his numbers, see if it would make sense for the Penguins, and we're going to end the show with a discussion on the Stanley Cup final, as we could only have one more game left um, in, <clears throat> excuse me, the regular, well, not the in um, for this season, excuse me. So that's all coming up right after uh, this drop. Your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So let's just jump right into it again. We are almost fully through the season reviews now. Um, the last one for the defenseman is Chris Tang, even though I've talked about him um, so many times um, th- throughout the offseason and during the regular season. After that, I'll get to Mark Friedman and a couple of the other um, players, <clears throat> the other fours, excuse me, that you know that, that came up from Wilkesbury, get into their numbers a bit. And then we'll be fully done um, with the season reviews. But, you know, Mike Madison, this was, I think, his best season today, not only as a Pittsburgh Penguin, but as an NHL defenseman, played almost 1,300 minutes, 74 games at even strength. When he was on the ice, the Penguins at 53.6% of the shot attempts. That's um, the best um, overall uh, number for his career. He was at 53.9 in 2016, but he only played three games during that season. So I'm not really going to count that. Um, Penguins had 55.6% of the actual goals for um, and even strength. That is also a career high for him. 54% of the expected goals, another career high. 55% of the scoring chances, another career high. 54% of the high danger chances, again, another career high. 53.2% of the high danger goals for um, that's the third best of his career. He also shot 8.7% this year. Um, and he had an on ice a percentage of 921. So he was getting pretty good goaltending um, when he was on the ice. And, you know, these numbers are really good. Um, there, there's no other way around it. I mean, it, this was by far his best season 
as a Pittsburgh Penguin. And, you know, <clears throat> there have been people in my mentions on Twitter and, you know, li- listening to 93.7 The Fan, which, you know, I, I sometimes do when I get bored, even though I probably shouldn't because the the – the hockey talk on there is pretty miserable uh, to say the least. I think most of the people on there really have no clue what they're talking about. Um, that's just, uh, except Adam Crowley. I, I will always love Crowley. He is, he's hilarious uh, to say the least. I would always, I would go on his show um, <clears throat> anytime if he asked me, but um, get back to what I was saying, you know, I, and a lot of, a lot of Madison's success comes at the expense. Well, not even the expense just comes because of his deployment. Mike Sullivan found a pairing that worked for him and he put him in the best position to succeed. When Matheson was putting up bad numbers in Florida outside of his transition stats, it was because he was playing too high up in the lineup. Sure, part of it is coaching. I mean, Tar Reardon is has always been known as a very good defensive assistant coach, but I definitely think a good chunk of it was playing, you know, too many top pairing to top four minutes. And um, when he's playing those minutes, he, he, he gets gas and he, you know, and he makes mistakes. And when you saw him play with Chad Ruedel throughout this season, those mistakes went down. Um, and it was a perfect pairing for so many reasons. You know, A, you know, he can be the guy that drives offense on that line. I, I, I've always, I've had this saying on this podcast for a while now, you know, I, on my, in my dream defensive pairings, I want one guy that can drive the offense and I want another guy that is still okay offensively, but is, is better defensively than the other player. That way, you know, that player can, you know, cover up for the, for the offensive defenseman that sometimes takes a, a chance in the offensive zone, comes back the other way to hurt them. And, you know, he can make a good defensive play. You know, that's, that, that's my dream kind of setup for a defensive core. And, you know, at least on this pairing, it is a, it's a perfect third pairing. Matheson, he's great at carrying the puck out of his own zone. He's basically a one-man zone entry machine at this point. Um, had a heck of a shot this year. Uh, I, I'm pretty. I'm just making sure on the numbers. I, I mean, yeah, he had double-digit eleven goals at five v five. I mean, that is a career high for him. Before this, his career high was down in Florida, 2019-20, when he had seven goals. Um, you know, he's he, he's perfect for what he is. He's a serviceable potential top four to a third pairing defenseman. Does he make a lot of money? Yeah. But at the end of the day, you know, he, he, he puts up, not, he puts up good counting stats and his underlings are really good. And, you know, going back to the, the pairing there, as I said, you know, with, with him driving the offense, you know, that also allows Chandra Weedle to, you know, to not take as many chances in the offensive zone, I guess that's the B part of why it's such a good pairing. And he can also cover up for Matheson when he does inevitably have a screw up because, you know, he has those, you know, quite often, um, I should say. Um, he's, he's, he's the total chaos player. And, you know, a lot of times it works out. A lot of other times it doesn't. You know, we got the bad version of him, I think, in the playoffs when um, it was probably three to four pucks went off his skate and into the net, and it was just like, man, like what is going on here with him? Um, but you know, I couldn't be more thrilled with how he played this year. My biggest gripe with people when it comes to this player is overvaluing him. 
So many people have just said, oh, yeah, he can take Crystal Tang's minutes really easily. They don't need to go out and get someone else to replace Crystal Tang. They have his replacement in-house. And it's like you, you watched Matheson for one, one year have the best year of his career. And it's like you completely forget about how he played the first five seasons of his career in Florida and then the last season um, in Pittsburgh where he was kind of just, okay, they really didn't get the return on the investment. Um you know, in the Patrick Hornquist trade, like they did this year, I should say that. But you know, he he's he's never going to be Chris Tang. You know, and and for those that think there are, those are not actual takes out there, I mean, I've had people say that on my mentions. I've seen radio hosts in the city of Pittsburgh actively say that during the playoffs when they were playing the Rangers that, oh yeah, Matheson's. You know, his breakout makes it easy to uh, move on from Latang, And it's just like, uh, no, 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 it does not. Um, he, he takes those minutes and the team suffers. Say at least, you know, maybe the power play is still just as good because Matheson's always been a good uh, power play quarterback. But five on five, you know, who's who's going to generate those primary assists? Even the secondary assists, is he going to generate all those? Is he is he going to generate all the goals that Chris Tang scores as well? Um, I, I just don't see it. Um, so if, if he plays on the third pairing again next year with Chad Ruedel, I would be all for it. You know, if you want to put him potentially on the second pairing, um, bearing some other moves on the, on the, from the defensive core, like a Brian Dumoulin trade or something like that. I think the Penguins can get away with that. Um, but if it, that starts to go sideways and he looks to get a little gassed, you know, I, I then I would potentially move him down, but you know, kudos to him. He had a great year. He, he's their second best I would say right now he's probably their second best defenseman behind Latang, even though that gap is ginormous. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing how he plays next year. I don't think he's going to be moved. Uh, I would, you know, I, I think the chances of him getting traded are of 10% during the offseason, especially with how he played. Uh, but was very impressed by him. And yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how uh, Tar Reardon, you know, does with him um, next season as well. So coming up. In the next segment, we're going to get into that play, that potential free agent target that a listener DM'd me on the Lockdown Penguins Twitter account. And just so you all know right now, if you have any questions about, you know, free agent targets, potential trades you want to run by me, silly season stuff, um, just just let me know. You know, just shoot me a DM. I will gladly talk about this on the podcast. There are, I know, I I still have until July 13th you know, to really talk about all this stuff. And, you know, with not there not being a lot of news right now, even though I still generate topics to discuss, um, you know, it, it, that, that makes my life easier too. So if you all have any potential trades or, you know, players you want the team to go after, shoot me a DM, tell me what you're reasoning and, you know, I'll look into it and I'll, I'll, I'll put a segment out um, I'll, or I'll spend a segment on a future episode talking about it. So just wanted to throw that out there for you all. But again, before we get to the next segment, from the people who invented healthy and tasty, here comes the latest gift to your taste buds. You probably tried the amazing Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar, but guess what? Your friends at Built have given Coconut Brownie Chunk the Puffs treatment. That's right. The Coconut Brownie Chunk, chunk Built Bar, flavor you love in a deliciously chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. It's a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. But stop drooling and listen. They are good for you. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and they're all delicious. The puffs are only here for a limited time. You can go to built.com right now to make sure you don't miss out. They are going fast because they taste amazing. All built bars are made with um, protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. 
You can go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, I'm back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So let's get to this potential um, target here. So um, Tyler Aaron, who listens to the show, shout out to you for um, asking this, by the way, Tyler. He goes, what are your thoughts on the Penguins bringing in Max Domi? I think that he would be a great replacement for Evan Rodriguez if we don't sign him. And I know that the Penguins are trying to trade for him in the past. Um, Aaron, uh, or Tyler, excuse me, you are right that the Penguins have shown interest in Max Domi in the past. I think it was under Jim Rutherford's regime that he tried to bring him in once or twice. I don't know if Ron Hextall's regime has shown interest in him. I don't really think they, when he was a potential trade candidate at this year's trade deadline, um, I don't think Ron Hextall's uh, management was interested in him, but you know, he he fits the kind of player that Hextall and Burke would want. He brings the truculence, he's physical, you know, drives to the net, you know, decent goal scorer, good d- decent playmaker. Um, you know, it's it, it, it's tough because you know I, I like him, but you know, w- w- what is he realistically going to get? You know, on the open market, I'm just going. I'm looking to see here what his um uh, contract was. Um, excuse me here. Yeah, so he made five point three million um this season. If I can uh, look up his counting, if I can just make sure I got his counting stats right in front of me here. Um, eleven goals, thirty nine points in seventy two games. He is not going to make uh five uh, five point three million on his next contract. That's just absolutely ridiculous to even suggest that or to think about it um that number is probably going to come down if i had to guess maybe he'll ask for four to 4.5 um i think the penguins could do it you know it it would make sense um you know he you know but he is a left wing you know that that's the big thing that that's his main position could he play center you know maybe but you know if we're thinking uh, of an evan rodriguez replacement um I'd almost rather just, you know, go out into the, under the free agent market um, and bring another center in that produces close to what, you know, he did this year because Rodriguez actually um, outperformed um, Max Domi this year, you know, Rodriguez, 19 goals, 43 points in 82 games. He is going to be due a pay raise. And I, again, I would prefer the Penguins keep him uh, over Domi. Now, um, Regular season wise, after the Hurricanes got uh, Domi, um, he started actually putting up decent numbers. Uh, scored two goals in the 19 games um, when he was on ice. The, the Carolina had 61% of the shot attempts. They had 75% of the actual goals, 56.4% expected goals rate, 53% scoring chances rate, 53% high danger rate. He was on the on the ice for one high danger goals against. Um, not he shot nine percent. Overall, so um, of his eleven goals, um, nine of them came um, at five v five this year. Um, but before he came over from Carolina, he was struggling uh, down in Montreal. Forty six percent shot attempt rate, fifty percent actual goals for. So that's not super terrible. But forty five percent expected goals rate, forty three percent scoring chances rate, forty three percent high danger chances rate. I think part of that does have to do with him playing on a really crappy team, um, but. You know, is he as good as the version of him that we saw in Carolina? I probably don't think so. I think the answer, you know, when you look at 
um, you know, his, you know, his, his Corsi percentage and his actual goals for percentage and his expected goals percentage, you know, and his scoring chance percentage. I think the answer for both of those, I think it's somewhere in the middle. So say, for example, you know, shot attempts rate, I think it's probably for a full season around maybe 52, 53%. Um, expected goals from 45 to 56. I think that's probably somewhere from, you know, 50, 50 to 52%, you know, scoring chances score rate, you know, maybe around 50%. As well, Blair. Um, you know, I, I do I do think he brings, you know, positive, you know, things to this team. Again, you know, he's physical, he brings that truculence that Burke wants. He can score the greasy goals in front of the net, decent playmaker, fine defensively. But you know, I, can you do better than him on the open market? I think so. And I think the penguins are gonna potentially want to go out and make more of a splash if they have the cap to do it. Now, if they don't have the cap to do it, and they may not just because of how cap strapped they already are, um, you know, I could see them potentially signing Domi. But, you know, that's all if, you know, Hextall actually shows an interest in him. Remember, you know, there's going to be a lot of teams going after this player. You know, free agency, there's no, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, there's, there's no sure things in free agency. You know, a player like that, is going to have, my guess, up to eight to ten suitors. You know, and rightfully so, you know, son of Ty Domi. You know, he's had a lot of expectations when he came into the league. He's been a good player um, for, I think, most of his years that he's been um, in the league. You know, his best year, I think, came in 2018-19. Excuse me, when he was uh, with Montreal, had 22 goals, 31 total assists. Um, but you know, again, right now he, he's not worth a 5.3 million. If you can get him for maybe 4 million, I, I would consider it. But, um, he is a player that I, I would not want to overpay, uh, for that's for sure. That, that's the biggest thing because, you know, also in free agency, you know, agents love to drive the prices up. That's, you know, even last year, you know, did Ron Hextall probably want to pay Brock begin 2.75 million for four years? No. Did Jim Rutherford probably want to pay $3.5 million per year for six years for Brandon Tanev? No. But that's the that's the business of doing things in free agency. Most of the time, the team is not going to get the friend the friendly deal. It's the player that's going to get, you know, what he wants because you know he wants to get you know what he thinks he's worth. And, you know, that's the whole purpose of testing free agency. You want to see, you know, what teams interest in you and, you know, what teams think of you, especially from an AAV standpoint and, of course, a term standpoint. So, you know, I'm a little mixed on it. If if the Penguins were to sign him, again, I would hope that the contract is not for, you know, four to five years, something like that. If you can get him for maybe two to three, you know, four million per, I'd potentially think about doing that. But I'm not interested in paying him, to say the least. Um, I would rather have Rodriguez back as um, the center or, or, you know, just just on the team in general um, over someone like Domi. So those are my thoughts on that. Tyler, thank you so much for asking that question. And again, y'all, um, if you ever have a player that you think the Penguins should go after, send me a DM. You know, I'll, I'll talk about it on the show and I'll plan out a segment um, for it. So um, this was fun to talk about, you know, Domi. Uh, I have plenty more free agency stuff coming uh, for future episodes um, on this podcast. So stick around for that. And of course I do have more draft. I do have some draft things uh, coming in the very near future. Um, Coming up in the final segment, I'm going to get into the Stanley cup final and just some thoughts from game four 
um, overall and why John Cooper really needs to stop whining, uh, to say the least. Um, but that's all coming up right after this commercial break. All right, I'm back here in this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. I'm trying to make sure here that um, I did not see another uh, silly season thing. Um, not, not, not right now, but I, th- I think I, I might have to scroll all the way back in my DMs. I think I had something that came up about a week or two ago, but I'll get to that for probably um, Friday's episode. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so Colorado up three games to one right now on Tampa Bay. The Lightning are on life support. And, you know, the the the, the word right now in Tampa Bay, you know, they're, they're still pretty mad about what happened in game four with the Nazem Kadri overtime goal. I have no idea why they're so mad about it. I mean, the player is basically at the bench. That's not, they're, they're, they will never call that too many men call. Sorry. I mean, I, I can probably count the list of times I've seen that called on one hand. And I've been watching the NHL for 20 years of my life. Um, that just, it, it, you know, it's such a, you know, I, 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 and I get what John Cooper's trying to do. He wants to work the officials. You know, he, he remember he did that after the game when the Penguins beat their butts down in Tampa Bay, he said, you know, it's, it's funny how you know, the Penguins really never get called for anything. And of course that's going to stir up the conspiracy people and all this stuff. And, you know, I think the memes started going around with Cooper and all that and, you know, whatever, but you know, he gets no sympathy from me. The amount of breaks that the, that the lightning have gotten over the last couple of years um, to even go back to back is nothing short of a miracle. I mean, for God's sake, you know, I, I make it heat for saying this, but, you know, they played the Montreal Canadiens in the Stanley Cup final last year. Like, I don't need to have have you sit here and tell me that, well, you know, my team didn't get a break with this. I mean, you know, sorry, maybe you should have won the game uh, in regulation or in overtime, or you shouldn't have gotten boat raced by the Avalanche in overtime. But, you know, right now I'm seeing a very tired, fatigued Tampa team. I think it's going to be very hard for them to win three in a row against this juggernaut Avalanche team. They are 15-3. and three in the Stanley Cup playoffs right now. I mean, this is probably one of the best runs I've ever seen to um, a potential Stanley Cup in my lifetime. If they finish this off, I think it'll go up there with the 08 Red Wings, the 2012 LA Kings, and the 2016 Penguins as, you know, probably one of the four best teams to ever win during the salary cap era. I mean, they have, they just, they forecheck the lightning, you know, into utter H-E double hockey sticks. Um, you know, Andre Vasilevsky did all he could Last night, I mean, he was putting on one heck of a show. But, you know, you got to beat him that fourth time. You know, that's that's been a thing that no one's been able to do since the Blue Jackets did it in 2019. You know, can can Colorado finish them off here? The ball, ball arena in Denver is going to be rocking. Avalanche haven't won a cup in over 20 years. Um, I can't wait to see that scene in Denver, you know. And I hope they play all the small things and all that. You know, I oh, it's just – it gives me goosebumps, honestly, every time I hear it. And, you know, obviously, if the Avalanche do win the Cup, I'll dedicate a segment to what the Penguins can learn from that going into next season. If they can take anything away from what the Avalanche did, you know, can the Penguins, can they build, you know, the roster, you know, I guess in a mini similar way. Obviously, you're not going to have the next Camel car coming through your pipeline or, you know, probably have a Valerie Nachuskin just, you know, going to break out for his best season of his career, but you know, I, I still think that it will be things to take away if the avalanche do finish this off. Um, 
on Friday night, but you know, they're, they're, they're such, they're such a treat to watch, um, you know, Kadri coming back and being the hero, um, you know, for as much of a stain as he is, um, he's definitely grown on me during these playoffs. Um, and that was one heck of a goal to get um, the game winner there uh, for Colorado, but you know, the series is not over yet. No one, I don't think can ever really count out Tampa Bay. Uh, so, you know, they're going to put together, I think their best, performance yet on Friday and you know we'll see if the avalanche will be able uh, to match that to say the least um you know I think that will do it though uh, for this episode of the locked on penguins podcast I appreciate all of you for listening to this one I again apologize for being kind of MIA over the last you know five to six days with with you know vacation a couple of you know personal things going on with my life and the concert um it's just been you know, bad stuff galore, but I, I promise you all, um, you know, I'm, you know, the vacations behind me, you know, the concerts behind me, I'm doing with the personal things as I can. And I will continue to try to deliver, you know, some of the best penguins content out there for you all on an everyday basis until the podcast goes to three days a week. So again, thank you all so much for listening to this one. Let me know what you all think about Mike Matheson season. You know, I, my grade is probably an A for him. Let me know what you all think about Max Domi potentially joining the Penguins in free agency. And let me know, do you think Colorado ends this in five on Friday? Or do you think Tampa Bay will have one more um, last stand to try to defend their championship? But again, thank you all so much for listening. I'll be back with another episode for you all on either Friday morning or Friday afternoon.